Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Ladies with an attitude, fellas that were in the mood, don't just stand there, let's get to it, strike a pose, there's nothing to it. Vogue. Let your body go with the flow, you know. 
and a dom's in the back. Ain't taking no flicks, but the whole click snap. There's a whole lot of people in the house. Trying to smoke with a yak in your mouth. And we back outside. We said you outside, but you ain't that outside. Worldwide hoodie with the mask outside. In case you forgot how we act outside. Janet, Tierra Wack, Missy, Diana, Grace Jones, Aretha, Anita, Grace Jones, Helen, Polasha, De Adu, Jilly from Philly, I love you, boo. Don't just stand there, get into it, strike a pose, there's nothing to it, Vogue. Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode, this is your pal Ryan. How the heck are we doing? Uh, Are you guys waking up with a Met-sized hangover this Tuesday morning? I, listen, this is the most I've watched of the Met Gala. I was watching all the team coverage on E! I was furiously uh, scrolling on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, listen, I still shop at Old Navy. I can't tell you I understood any of it. But I will tell you that I'm growing more and more appreciative of the art of design and the art of fashion and it was very exciting for me at moments. I think I'm starting to to actually understand it and I'm very thankful that Kim didn't have to dig up Marilyn Monroe anymore this season uh, this year and just went with a uh, a classy uh, you know uh, pearl necklace, just a boatload of pearl necklaces. Anyways, how did you guys like the Met Gala? Did it move you? Did it tell the story you wanted it to tell? Of course, it was honoring the uh, the great Karl Lagerfeld and um, I'm excited to hear what you guys think. I'll let you know what I think. This is a supersized episode. We don't do anything small here at So Bad It's Good. No way. We're going to start with a guest, an amazing guest at that, right now. And then after that, I've got full coverage of the Met Gala because when you think fashion, you think of Ryan Bailey, who primarily shops at Old Navy. Uh, By the way, our guest also was a stylist at, 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 at times. Uh, especially for men, and I, I I think I begged her at one point to style me. Um, but anyways, there's timestamps. If you want to start with the Met Gala stuff, look for the timestamp and you can start because I take you through like 50 Met Gala looks, uh, talk about them, and like, you listen, you can watch that video on YouTube as well, but um, it's pretty funny to try to hear me <laughs> But the work, like, try to describe a bodice, you know, try to describe that. Uh, you'll hear all about it after this. But our, our guest, uh, I need to start with our guest because she was just 
so fabulous. And I don't say that lightly. I've interviewed so many people in the last three years. Uh, a lot of Bravo celebrities, a lot of celebrities, uh, a lot of people that I really respect. Um, but but I thought, you know, dollars to donuts, I thought our next guest was just the best, inter- one of the best interviews. Just what a open just so good-hearted, such a, a funny person. She has interest in pop culture like we all do. Of course, we even start talking about Scandaval at one point. She was the winner of last season of CBS's mega hit show, Big Brother. But she is so much more than that. Um, she gave, and we talk about this so many times, because she gave one of the most beautiful closing speeches to win Big Brother last season. You don't need to be a Big Brother fan or have watched Big Brother to appreciate this interview. Uh, I think you're just going to walk away with an appreciation of this person. And I was talking to some of the people that work around her afterwards, and I just said, man, I am so excited to see where she goes from here. Because there's a few people that you'll talk to where you're like, man, I don't know what life has in store for you, but it is going to be good. I just thought, man, what a dynamo. I can't say enough good things. I know it sounds like I'm potentially kissing her butt, but I just had such a fun time. And I hope that comes through. And I hope you will go and follow her on Instagram. If you don't, I think she has a lot of thing things in the work. And what the cool thing was is that she wasn't even necessarily coming on to promote something huge and all that. She's got a lot of things in the work. But I, I just thought, man, I listen... I think this person is destined for her own show. We talk about hosting. We talk about, I I don't know. I just, I can't say enough good things. So we're going to throw right to that right now. Remember though, if you do like this show and why wouldn't you come on, you guys, uh, rate it five stars on Apple podcasts and Spotify. If you want more than that, you can join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. We did like an hour Q and a that you can check out there. And also an hour summer house recap. And I took notes on tonight's summer house, Lindsay and Carl, finally got engaged, huh? Who knew? (laughs) So I'll probably throw that recap up there tomorrow night because I took notes early this week. Um, So you got plenty of ways to support the show, but I hope you're having a great start to your week. I hope it was a gentle re-entry and thank you for allowing me to be part of your daily lives. So without further ado, the winner of last season's Big Brother, the one, the only, Taylor But today we have somebody that is so good, they're great. She made one of the biggest splashes on reality TV last year when she won the 24th season of the insanely popular competition reality series, Big Brother. Her speech at the finale, you guys, was one of the most inspirational things I had watched in 2022. There were so many things in this speech that blew me away, but she really pointed out she was more than her wins on that show. And I truly think she is so much more than her wins on that show. She hails from Michigan, where she was Miss Michigan in uh, the pageant, and she won Miss Congeniality. It wasn't just a movie, folks, at the Miss USA pageant. So I think everyone, including myself, wants to know what is next because she is just a bright, shining light, and we always have to support those. Uh, She most recently said on Twitter that I have to ask her about this. She says, I know all of you want to see me back on your TVs, and you will, and I can't wait to talk to her about all of this and more. So welcome to So Bad It's Good, Taylor Hale. Thank you. I love that intro. That was a good one. It's making me cry. Or is it just <laughs> that was a good <laughs> Okay, well, we're done here, Taylor. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's all I needed. 
Listen, when I heard your speech uh, at Big Brother, I was like, oh, my God, she's running. She's running for president. She says, I will I will vote for Taylor Hale. Would you come on this podcast to announce your presidency? Oh, wow. I don't know. You know, I was lucky enough to just do a little interview with the governor of Michigan and she's trying to get me to run, too. So I might have to give her dibs over the announcement, but you will be on the press feed. I promise you that. <laughs> that's that's all. I just want to be at the table. Um I know you're a huge fan of reality shows as well. And I was just looking, you guys are nominated at the MTV uh, TV and movie awards in best competition reality series. And you're up against some heavy hitters. What does it mean that your season of big brother made the splash that it did? And I really attribute that a lot. I mean, mainly to you, what does that mean to you? Well, thank you. Uh, it, it, you know, when I went into the Big Brother house or even when I was researching the show before I got into the house so I could know what the hell I was getting into, I saw Big Brother as a microcosm of society. I saw it as the good, the bad and the ugly of how we interact with each other. And I think my season in particular highlighted so many different aspects of that. It highlighted um, where women stand in this world, how we have to communicate to get by, how black people, people of color and colorism plays into all of that. I think conflict, conflict resolution, grace and forgiveness, racism even, these are all topics that were themes that I kind of carried on my back throughout the entire show. Yeah. But what I love about the season is that it didn't just end, thankfully, with a nasty taste of misogyny, sexism, racism, every conflict had a resolution and an opportunity for someone to redeem themselves, except for maybe like one person. But outside of that, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really proud. <laughs> I'm really proud of what this season <laughs> And I'm happy that it's being recognized on a larger scale. So I know we're up against some heavy hitters, but just being nominated and being in the mix, it, it feels, it makes me feel like I did a good job. Um, I remember watching your speech and it was like, in that moment, did it feel, I mean, I just can't imagine having that kind of composure and being able to tie in your whole experience within a two minute or less speech to all of those people that uh, some had backstabbed you, some had supported you, you had been on the block so many times, you you know, and, and usually it doesn't go the way of the good person sometimes. I think that's <laughs> what was so special about yours is that we've been used to over the last decade of just, I don't know, sometimes you feel like the good guys aren't winning and it was just such this amazing thing of like, could she do it? Could she pull this off in that moment? What was going through? What was going through your head in that moment? Oh, just advocate for yourself. And that's something that as a black woman, I've had to do my entire life. And again, it's just reflected in reality TV. And I knew that if I could just get in one of those final two seats, whether I won my way there or made an alliance that got me there, I'd have the opportunity to advocate for myself. Now, in my research and any fan or casual watcher of Big Brother, they know when you get to those final two C's and you hear those speeches, they're pretty boring and dull. And it's like, why did you sign up for an up to 90 day game? If you're not going to give me the good, summarize your game, sell it to me. Tell me why I'm going to give you $750,000, $800,000 in my case. <laughs> yeah, because by the way, you guys, she also won the audience award as well. It wasn't just, she just didn't take the competition. She was also the favorite of the audience and got an extra 50000 for that. It was pretty good. It's been holding up pretty nice. <laughs> but, you know, when you're sitting in that final two seat, I'm not going to waste the highs and the lows of that 82 days that I was in that house, 92, 94, if we're counting the sequester, like 
that is your one moment to take your opportunity. Like Eminem, you get one shot. Do not miss your opportunity. Wow, a, Mich- a Michigan girl through and through. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, the Big Brother experience, you were talking about researching when you did your research. How did you come uh, to be on Big Brother? Were you an avid watcher of the show? Who convinced you to uh, audition for the show? What was that process like? Well, my process was unique. So like you said, I was Miss Congeniality at Miss USA. I was Miss Michigan USA. Um, I had about 5,000 followers. That's not significant. Like I wasn't earth shattering before everything, but having those titles is enough for a casting person to shoot you a DM. So I was DM'd by someone asking if I wanted to go on The Amazing Race at first. And I was like, I don't have any friendships I want to ruin. I don't know about that. (laughs) bio also had Survivor and Big Brother in it. I'm not an outdoors girl. So I said, hell no to Survivor. But what about Big Brother? (laughs) And that day, the conversation picked up. We were on uh, FaceTime. And it it just kind of played out where I ended up getting on the show. And, you know, I look at the Big Brother fandom or any reality TV show fandom the same way that I look at the pageant fandom. These are people who are dedicated to what it is they're consuming. They love the product. They love the history of it. And with a game like Big Brother, I was not going to be the stupid pretty girl that got on the show and just kind of ditzed around until I got to the end. I wanted to play a game that the fans could respect. And I think that goes across any show. You know, you think about shows like The Housewives or Vanderpump Rules. If you have some newbie on the show and they don't know what they're doing, why are you here and how did you get here? And how quickly can we and you're gonna get you? you're going to get eaten up by the fandom. I mean, the fandom yeah. now is so uh, sophisticated uh, in their their fanning that they will completely cut you at the knees. So, I mean, if there was a montage of your training, was it like Rocky? Were you like going over past seasons? Were you reading? Were you talking to past contestants? How do you go into training for something like Big Brother? Did you lock yourself in a room? <laughs> Basically, I was uh, living in my mom's place. I was living in my mom's and I was just binge watching old seasons of Big Brother. And I took notes on my iPad, my not my iPad, my uh, Apple notes. I would take notes on personalities, not gameplay, because I don't think you oh, can wow. replicate. I don't think you can replicate gameplay. Imagine uh, name a reality show. Well, I mean, I listen, I know you're a fan of Survivor. I uh, they they really go into gameplay and they do a lot of research like the, the cast of Big Brother will do. Right. So you can research games that are played, like competitions that are played and have an advantage there. But when it comes to replicating the way that somebody else is playing a game, that's not going to work out for you because you have super fans coming into these shows and they're going to clock you and say, oh, you're playing just like Janelle did or you're playing just like uh, Sheena played on Vanderpump Rules. Like you're going to understand (laughs) how other people are maneuvering, right? (laughs) And I yeah. didn't want to go in there and just have someone pick me out and say, I know how to get this girl out very quickly. I had to understand what was happening around me and how to react to it. But if I replicate somebody else, it wasn't going to end well for me. Yeah, I mean, the the personality thing is so brilliant in a lot of ways. Is that something that you've always had a talent of reading people, of picking up on social cues and using that to your advantage? Well, look, I was a personal stylist for men before I even got into the pageant world. Uh, that's a little bit of a lie. I, before I won my title, I was a personal stylist. So I understood sales, how to read people. I understood sensitivity because clothes can be really intimate. And men in particular are not going to be the ones that open up the most, especially when it comes to being vulnerable with clothing. So I know how to break through some hard shells. 
And then when you get into the pageant space, you're talking to people every single day. You have people that want something from you every single day and you are obligated to be some sort of presence or fixture in their life every single day. So I understand composure. You have to have, you keep your composure with a smile on your face, which by the Mm -hmm. way, you're doing that right now. I mean, like you are so brilliant at this, but also you make it seem real. You make it seem like it does come from your heart. And I, I I mean, I'm going to believe that is who you are, but it is interesting that that is the thing that shines through so much. And it really, isn't it amazing that all of this stuff in your past was able to help you on a show like this? You would never know. Look, the show's about lying and backstabbing and competing and manipulating. And here I am, like, I just meant for a living and I wear a shiny crown. (laughs) Let's do this. No, I never, ever thought that this would be something that would help me in a game like Big Brother. But I think that's what I appreciate so much about my win and my gameplay. It just shows that a softer version, a less bombastic version of gameplay can win. And usually that is a game style that gay men or women or more feminine people will have to play in the house and are penalized for. So I just hope that there's a shift now where the social game, the way that we maneuver with one another is a lot more um, heralded. Yeah. I mean, when you start watching those seasons, though, was there a moment of like, what did I get myself into? Was your mom going, I really I would prefer if you didn't do this. This seems like you're potentially setting yourself up for a really bad time. I think if we think about the tone of the game, right, when you look at a survivor or you look at an amazing race, these are or uh, traders. These are games where it's set out to be intense and really competitive and strong. But Big Brother, the tone of the game is it's a fun summertime thing that we're all hanging out with. And the show rarely shows moments of conflict that aren't fun or entertaining. So my yeah. mom actually loved the celebrity version. She would walk around from room to room with her iPad, just seeing what like all these other players were doing the season before I was on. So it yeah. was fun. The 24-7 cameras was a little bit concerning for her, but I'm grateful for the cameras. I think they helped me out in the end. No, I, I truly think they did. And what an opportunity, though, also, like you said, to actually make it even more. I mean, Big Brother really is a microcosm of where we're at. And it's it was so refreshing to actually see that season start to truly acknowledge that. I mean, really acknowledge that. I mean, you had a uh, all-white block at one point voting again. I mean, you had like some really wild things that really, I would think, made, you know, made us as Americans kind of see where we're really at. And you, I I just, I mean, I was blown away by stuff. I mean, you talked about even in your final speech about what it's like, the the pitfalls of being a woman, of of taking that in and how to rise above that. But it is interesting that this all was shown in one season and you didn't even almost fully realize until it was summed up in those moments at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to thank the uh, cider company that provided us with ciders the night before. That's when I really honed in on my speech. I had like maybe one too many, but it worked out really perfected that speech. (laughs) (laughs) In your head, did you feel like you, uh, when you'd finished the speech, did you like, I got this, I won this. Or was there a, I mean, uh, was there a hesitation of it still could go his way. It still could go that way. I was able to see the jury's reactions while I was speaking. So in the same the same video feed that you were watching between the jury and me when it was yeah. between, I could see that same feed on the TV in the house. So I could so see you saw the, the tears. Jury. I saw the tears. I saw Joseph losing his mind. Like it was great all around. But I also just as a critique on 
extemporaneous speaking, sitting next to Monty and hearing his answers to his gameplay, I was like, come on, bro, like advocate for yourself. He was a strong competitor and he had good points he could speak to, but I think he leaned too much on letting people see his resume in the game. And if you're not going to advocate for yourself and you're sitting next to someone like me, who's not going to let you forget what happened, you're going to lose. And that's what happened. So I felt pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you even called him out. Monty has more blood on his hands than me, but as someone who sat on that eviction block six times on eviction night, I have bled at the most in this game, but I've bandaged myself together every single time and gotten up. And I was like, there is no more. I mean, what a way to use exactly what, but to throw it in and also to still not undermine him to still comp. I, I know I'm going off on this, but I thought it was one of the really, one of the best moments in reality television that we've had, uh, I mean, potentially ever. It's one of those things that you'll keep seeing in uh, probably montage clips for the, no, I mean, honestly, I think you know that. I think you've been told that so much, but even when going back and watching it, you still get the chills. You still get the goosebumps. And I think that's the one of the things. So, I mean, listen, you tweeted the other day. I'm a huge fan of your Twitter feed and you, your, your pin tweet. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now. Your pin tweet says, I read a little bit at the top. I know a lot of you want to see me back on your TVs and you will, but let's be clear. I will never participate in something that requires my pain, suffering or trauma for public consumption ever again. I paid my dues. So with that, I'm guessing, you'll never do uh, a Bravo reality television series. Taylor, what what do you mean exactly about that? You know, I get asked every day, still to this day, are you going to do the challenge? Are you going to do the challenge? I'm not interested in a, a competition reality show like that. I like watching them. I enjoy consuming them. Will I be participating in them? I don't think so. I would jump in to host something, but I'm not looking to compete. I, I think I would much, much rather go out on top like I did. Like, I don't think there's beating $800,000 in your first game. So let me take my money. Let me fall back a little bit. But, you know, if there is more of a docuseries type reality show, maybe I'd be into that. So, so we could specify that this is competition-based yeah. reality series. Okay. Maybe we should... Let's edit that tweet. Maybe we can really, <laughs> I think a lot of let's edit that tweet, by the way, cause I was sitting here really trying to think when I was going over um, how I wanted this to go today, I was thinking like, I could see you in so many different places. Like, like you said, I could see you hosting. I could see you do that. I could see you being a housewife. Eventually I could, like, I, I mean, I think that it, it would almost, I don't know. I, there's so many opportunities. You could be a straight up actor. You could be a straight like you could uh, represent beauty products, Revlon, all of these things. Where in your heart do you want to go? Because I feel like the world is potentially your oyster at this this point. My God, Ryan, I love you. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna wake up and give you a phone call every day and be like, Hey, buddy, what do I need to be doing now? As long as you'll tell me how to dress. As long as you'll tell me how to dress, Taylor. I have no. If you'll go to Old Navy with me and just, I I have no idea what I'm doing. I really, I'm wearing basketball shorts underneath here. Anybody watching this? Um, I need desperate help, but I'll I'll pump you up. I'll be your hype man all day long. Okay. Well, I will also confess. I call it the the Zoom mullet. I have like a great top on right now, but I'm wearing leggings. Like workout leggings. So we're we're here. <laughs> Wow, pros. I'm 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 hoping I'm gonna compete for Mr. Congeniality soon, hopefully. Um but to answer what's your in your question, heart though? Yeah, it's always been entertainment news for me. I really think that reality TV is uh, and even just pop culture in general, I think it is one of the more moving forces in our society. I think when it comes to politics, how we communicate with one another, all that is reflected in pop culture or reality TV. I mean 
I think back to gay people who were the first of their kind on a reality show and how much that did to move the needle forward into acceptance in our culture. I think about the work that Drag Race is doing into accepting drag performers or trans and non-binary people. What we consume in our free time is how we change our minds. And that's reflected in who we end up becoming. So I love looking at that from a more journalistic perspective. And I think hosting, whether it's hosting a TV show or being entertainment news is something where I get to flex that muscle in my brain without fully letting go of the thing I love to consume. You, I mean, you said this is that's the thesis of the show. Some people have the misconception of the title, So Bad It's Good, to, to me. It's like, no, I truly love this. A lot of people out there will tell us to be ashamed of these pop culture things that we so dearly love. But in reality, they're the most amazing things. And that's why, like, I keep going back to the Big Brother. You summed up how these things can touch everything, how they can make us learn and move that needle. But that's it. Like, I mean, from a young age, I just fell in love with reality TV. I would rush home to watch, inter- not rush home, I'd be home and watch entertainment tonight and access Hollywood. What were your first reality shows that you got you into all this? And, and then a follow-up question, who are your favorite hosts? Oh, wow. Okay. I think my first, the ones that I can think of that I would watch with my mom, uh, the first one was really Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And I remember yes. seeing like that was in my living room and I had people in my family who, you know, it's early 2000s. They were, we called them my uncles. Um, they lived together, never actually came out to me, but it was just in my world. Oh no, not the sound going off. That's iconic. Uh, so anyway, That's uh... classic. Um, but yeah, so here <laughs> I really impacted me. And then as we got older, I was definitely watching things like a shot at love with Tila Tequila. I was watching <laughs> next. We need to bring back next. Next. Oh my God, the next bus, if, I, if you drive you drive the next bus, you just pop up. Guys, if you don't remember next, I don't know why MTV doesn't have just straight up rerun channel because it is brilliant. They would have four facts about each of these people and it would literally be like, I don't wipe after I poo. It would be like the weirdest things ever. And then they would like, you know, like, uh, yeah, I'll date him or I won't date him. It was the weirdest show ever, but everybody had their MTV phase and it was so important in the history of reality television. Well, MTV was really giving you the good content. And for more context, the longer the date went on, there was also a ticker that correlated with how much money you would get. So let's say I'm just dragging this date on at the end. I want to extend you, Ryan, a date. Ryan, you could say, actually, I'm going to take this $100 from being on a date with you for 100 minutes and dip. Like, it's absolutely crazy. It was always insanely cheap, too. It wasn't $750,000. It would be like $63. They'd be like, I need that $60. So badly, desperately. If they brought back next, that is, I would jump on every opportunity to host. I'm not too proud to beg. I will beg Paramount. By the way, this is... These, by the way, Viacom, CBS, I mean, these are the conversations that need to happen to show that there is a fan base for these shows and they bring back every other movie, TV show. Why not bring these classic shows back? Thank you. Because why do I need another live action reboot of Beauty and the Beast? I'm good. I'm sorry, but like... I already, I don't need to see Harry Potter retold in a television series. I already read the books and saw the movies. We're good. Um, Mm -hmm. Who are your favorite hosts? Favorite hosts. Okay, well, I would be lying if I didn't say Miss Julie (laughs) Chen Moonves. I love love Miss Bob 101. I told her I had to do that interview with her since I never got evicted. So I love Julie. I also love that she actually comes from a hard news background. And one of my favorite fun facts is that she and Andy Cohen used to intern together at CBS News. 
So isn't that crazy? I love it. I love it so much. And I think that goes to speak to how much our culture, our politics, our news can be influenced by reality TV and pop culture. Because look at Andy Cohen now. I'm obsessed with Andy. I'm obsessed with his empire. I love RuPaul. I love how these hosts are not just people that walk in and collect a check. They are moguls. They are multi-hyphenates. And of course, not only do I aspire to be like that, it's something that I study often, not just watch. Yeah, me as well. I mean, you you got the opportunity to be a bartender on Watch What Happens Live, uh, uh, you know, in the last year. And and I, I would, what was that experience like? I mean, I, by the way, I want to see you as a guest on Watch What Happens Live fully. But what was that experience of being behind the bar and getting to watch him at work? Oh, it was so fun. First of all, let me tell you something. This is not really a secret, but I was pretty shocked as a bartender. They keep those drinks flowing. Like every commercial break, there is a little runner and they are just, oh, I'll just top you off a little bit. And you're like, what do you mean? I'm, like, I'm just going to top you off. Like, this is how you get the secrets. This is how you do it. Yes, uh, exactly. What, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I think I was most shocked by um, how much time Andy gave me as a bartender. Like he really volleyed with me on questions and it wasn't just what he had written on his card. It required a lot more knowledge of the show that I was on, which he even told me he didn't watch my show. But to do that show every night and have the knowledge necessary, not only to engage with someone who is not your main guest, but keep a conversation going. I think that's really fascinating. And something else, um, just coming from the pageant world that I've known, if you don't want to answer a question, don't answer it. You can leave dead space and you can make your host really uncomfortable and they're going to want to pick things up. And that's something I observed about Andy. He does not like to leave dead space. And so anybody who was a host or luckily I knew what I was doing in my position, but it was really fun to see the different quirks that different hosts and guests can have in a moment like that. Yeah, Taylor, you just nailed it on the head. I just talked about this on the show last week because uh, Tom Schwartz from Vanderpump Rules was on Watch What Happens Live recently. I don't know if you saw that. And it was the the biggest... Uh, it was the biggest train wreck slash amazing episode of Watch What Happens Live. But Andy gave him that advice afterwards. He talked about it on his radio show. He said, listen, I gave him a piece of advice. If you want me to move to the next thing, just say a simple sentence and stop. And I will fill in that dead air. But you never stop, Tom Schwartz. And I was like, this is brilliant. I love the minutia of interviewing somebody from a mind that does it every day. But man, Schwartz was a train wreck. Did you agree? It was miserable. And I loved every second of it. I, my I job was the whole time. And not only was my job, <laughs> Andy's job was on the ground. So I knew he had something good. And that's so funny. I didn't even know Andy <laughs> Well, Andy, but that's what I was thinking. It's amazing. Um, also, Stern has this uh, technique that I, I find fascinating where he'll start the interview as they're walking in the door and he'll be like, oh, I was just thinking about you the other day. And he'll also throw in a, a piece of information that's incorrect. So they'll correct him and it'll comfort the guest a little bit that like, no, let me actually tell you. And I always think those things are so brilliant when hosts actually care that much to to really think about what could potentially give the, the best interview. Uh, we geek out about the same things. Uh, in regards to reality series, we talk, you talked about in that tweet that you said, you know, you don't want your personal pain to potentially ever affect anything. Um, we're watching on Vanderpump Rules right now mm. that happening. Um, mm. what, what is your opinion of watching Vanderpump Rules and Scandaval and their relationships going through the mud 
for all of our enjoyment pleasure. And by the way, unfortunately, it really is enjoyment pleasure because we realize when something is real and it just, what are your thoughts on all of this? And, and would you, I mean, this is another, like, I don't know if I'd ever want you to put yourself through that. <laughs> well, listen, talk about schadenfreude because this whole scandal thing, I'm living for it. And I feel bad. But I kind of like it. Again, schadenfreude. <laughs> you know, there's there's so many different ways to talk about this, right? Because I just was in a very public relationship. And thank God, like, that person is still my best friend to this day. But I know what it is like to have to deal with the public's consumption and dissection of your relationship. Even when he and I tried to draw a line and make it private, people felt so entitled to every detail of our relationship, content about our relationship, because they saw a majority of it forming, or at least I'd say the base of it forming on a 24 seven live feed camera. You get really connected to people when you see them waking up to go brush their teeth or going in the shower or talking game, anything like that. Now I can sympathize in that aspect. But I also got thoughts about Scandaval, okay? Because what? Yes, bring, bring, bring up. I mean, wait, did did you happen to watch last night's episode yet? Did you even? Yes, uh, I did. Did I also? Wait, saw let me. I, I just brought this out for you in case you did. Now, Tom Sandoval has been on this show. I mean, pre. Uh, well, he he wasn't cheating at the time. It was like you know. And I'm actually friendly with was friendly with Tom and Ariana. Ariana now, yeah. but he gave me one of the Richella bracelets from the Richella Festival. He <sighs> he created a real Coachella wristband. There's only, he said, there's only 15 of these in existence and I have one. I'm going to sell it back to him, I think, because I don't want it. It's a bad omen now. Give yeah, me your thoughts on all of this. Okay. So number one, again, you all know by now I'm part of the pageant world, or at least was at one point in time. I did not know <laughs> that Raquel Rachel was until I watched the beginning of the season. Now, when she started crying on that date, I understand what it is like to lose and not be able to pursue the thing that matters so much to you. But here's the thing about pageants. The pageant used to be the thing that created the overnight celebrity. Now it's reality stars. The attention, clout, fame, brand sponsorships and deals that you could have gotten as Miss USA are significantly minimal compared to what you have as a star on Vanderpump Rules, who at the time was engaged to one of the long-standing stars of Vanderpump Rules. When she started crying on that date, it showed me this is a person who is deeply insecure and seeks validation in all forms where she can find it. Because you don't need to be competing to be Miss California USA and go to Miss USA if you've already got everything and then some that those titles can't give you. She just needs validation. And that was a massive red flag for me. Then Scandal breaks. And it shows me that this is someone who ran to a guy who was giving her attention, love, comfort, telling her she's beautiful. And I'll say it, okay, maybe a time where she's vulnerable. But you can't give into that. You can't give into that. And you're just showing me over and over and over and the people in your life over and over and over that you desperately seek attention and validation. So baby girl needs some help. And don't even get me started on Tom because like. Well, Tom's, I feel like a lost cause at this point. I, I mean, like, I don't know if you watch these TMZ interviews where they catch him on the street and they're like, him, Tom, what's going on, buddy? On yeah, catch him. Catch him. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be at the corner of Slauson and right. La Brea. And like, you know, it's like, but it is wild because you can tell there is this perverse enjoyment or what it looks like that he, you know, it's like, 
you know, he's even talking about like, Raquel's in a mental health facility. I'm like, dude, you better get in a mental health facility. Like you are, you've done this for 10 seasons. And like, mm-hmm. I'm the weirdo. Like you've taught, you're talking about watching on big brother, a relationship forum or something. And people get really personalized into that experience. But I was looking up to Tom. Cause I was like, as a dude that does something weird in his life, he was like letting his freak flag fly. And he doesn't want any other lady, but Ariana. And she lets him be weird. So I looked up to this dude, like a weirdo. And I, I didn't think he was Jack's two and he was there yeah. all along but how is a woman though you say Raquel should be uh you know you you should be stronger in those situations you should be aware that that kind of stuff is going to happen to you how do you build strength as a woman how have you built strength over the the decades to get to a point where you can't I mean because right now you got to have so many people uh telling you you're amazing and beautiful and all of these things every day how do you how do you keep humble or stay in check um, I know what I look like when I first wake up in the morning. So that, that'll keep me pretty humble. So <laughs> but, like, let's be serious, right? I have seen enough people get a title or an opportunity and I've been on the receiving end of them not being a kind person anymore or seeming like their head is too big. And I never want to be that person. I never want to be a person that makes someone else feel uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I do have a lot of people that will run up to me or run around a corner and say, I heard your voice. And I just, I knew it was you because I watched for hours and I cried with you and I laughed with you and finale speech and da, 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 da. But I think what's important to do is to remind those people that I am human, just like them. Um, I think the scary thing for me is that yes, I am on a pedestal for a lot of people. And because I didn't react with anger or which would have been justified. I didn't raise my voice that often in the house. I don't think I did. It was a long time. People expect me to be an angel or a saint. And I'm not saying I'm evil or a villain, but I'm also a human being with a wide range of emotions. So when I interact with people, it's just like, hey, yes, thank you for the love and the support. Because God knows I couldn't have gone through all that without knowing there was an end date. But remember that you can be this person too. And I am this person just like you. You brought up your mom a lot in terms of uh, staying with her, her watching Celebrity Big Brother. What Uh, have you learned from your mom in particular that you took into not only gameplay, but your life on a daily basis? Whoa. Oh my God. Well, my mom was a lot more of a mama bear than I am. So I think one of the things that you can learn from your parents is how you do and do not want to react. And look, she's a Pisces. She's a little bit more emotional than I am. <laughs> I'm like, what are emotions? Hand me a wine glass, make it red. And if it's not red wine, I want bourbon. So like, you know, <laughs> I watch my mom and like, she bleeds out emotion and being the person that I am, that's a little more reserved in that aspect. I understand how to navigate people who are like her. Um, I understand how to kind of mitigate more tentative situations because I know what it's like to have a person who is an amazing human being, but just has a lot more emotion that's showing. And when you're in the big brother house, again, you don't see the sun for two to three, well, what, like five to six days at a time. You only see the sun maybe two or three days out of the week. You're on a soundstage living in a twin bed. There's going to be a whole range of emotion that other people are showing. And what's important is that you understand how to navigate it so that you aren't putting the target on your back. Now, someone else put a target on my back that I had to navigate and figure that out, but I was only able to get through it because I understand how to deal with other people's feelings and emotions more than anything. Uh, how much do you think coming into uh, one of the 
well, not post, but like, you know, pandemic seasons where we mm -hmm. were all locked away in our own kind of personal big brother hell, you know, not hells, but just <laughs> big brother situations. Do you think even that potentially helped a little bit kind of being able to seclude yourself even for a long period of time before going in? Or is it just so, so insanely different? I mean, obviously more colorful in the big brother house. It's like you need sunglasses in there for real, not just because of the lights, but the colors of the actual objects they put in there are so bright. But that's a whole other story. You know, I have always been an introvert. I can be a people person, but I need to be like alone at the end of the day. I I try to say this carefully, but when COVID first hit and we were all locked down, I was like, oh, my God, I want to yes, be yes. this is great. And I would get on my Zoom call from work. People would be like. This is awful. I'm dying. And I was like, cheers. It's great over here. Thriving. Like, oh, thriving. I have sunlight. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think I was I was kind of bred to be in the Big Brother house, I say, because I can handle conflict well and I like to be sequestered. I won't say alone because yeah. I don't get alone in that house. Um, so yeah, I think the pandemic at least altered people's communication skills. I think it altered other people's conflict skills because who were you communicating with and who are you having conflict with for two years? If anything, it might've prepped us for the sequester period before going into the house. Because if you're not familiar, we get sequestered for up to two weeks before going into the house. We're all kept on lockdown in hotel room. You only get to see like one, maybe two different people a day because they bring you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And maybe a movie if you ask for it. <laughs> Did you ask for a movie? Oh, I, I, the amount of times that I watched Shrek and Spy Kids because Shrek and Spy Kids, amazing, amazing. I want to amazing, amazing choices. Um, okay, so the the sequestering. Uh, is there one moment from the show that your family and friends uh, really gave you a heck over? Was there like, I can't, I just, you did a great, but my God, that one moment, I just can't. You know, there was, there was a, a season fling that happened. Yeah. And, you know, I got what I needed. He got what he needed. And my friends and family are like, that's the tailor that I know. But, like, damn, on TV. And I'm like, look, you stay in that house. Right? It was 70-something days at that point. You don't get any. You're like, check my bank account. Check my bank account. It was worth Everything was fine. Yeah. Everything turned out fine. Like family, um, I'm taking you on vacation. So uh, zip it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what? What? I mean, these are just questions that I'm. I geek out and weird. Like, what was Talk the? Uh, what was the first meal you had with your family or your friends? Like after getting out of that environment. And also, then a nerdy question too is you. You know, mental health wise, they have you in that for like seventy plus days. Coming out of that, do do they have you speak with people about your mental health? About I mean, you dealt with so many slings and arrows. I would imagine. I mean, you came out shiny, but I would imagine that like some of that stuff can kind of haunt you. Yeah. Well, it's, to your first question, I, I love that question, actually. So the first thing that I ate coming outside of the house, they take you into a back room. Like on CBS a lot. They take you away in a back room. Winner, winner here. <laughs> Sit here. Be alone. And they had a chicken Caesar salad waiting for me. So that was kind of cool. I didn't have to ask for anything. They just brought it on in. <laughs> and I was eating takeout a lot that first month because I stayed in LA at a now friend's house, Todrick Hall. He kind of has a tradition now. Oh, Todrick, real friends of WeHo, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he has a, he's a massive Big Brother fan, has been for years, and he has 
at this point with the upcoming season, he has a history of letting the people who were in the Big Brother house stay in his mansion essentially for as long as they need coming out of the show. We kind of have a little inside joke. We call it the Big Brother halfway house. Because <laughs> like <laughs> there, and he gave me his um, his uh, master bedroom suite while he was out on tour for a couple of weeks. I called it the HOH Room 2.0. It's this massive, massive suite, a custom California king size Louis Vuitton bed, and people were bringing me food and hanging out. So it was a lot of takeout, mostly with the cast. So I didn't go home until like a month and a half after. Can you tell him I competed in Big Brother? I would love to stay there for a little bit. That sounds amazing. Um, uh, and then in terms of the mental health, how do they help yeah. you readjust to everything outside of the Big Brother house? So inside the house, uh, you do have access to a therapist that the show will provide. So you can go to the diary room and say, hey, it's, I'm having a rough day or it's been a rough couple of weeks. Can I talk to the therapist? And then the therapist will come an hour or so later. You can talk to them. Uh, but then coming out of the house, the network will provide, I think it's four. I think four therapy sessions for free um, on their behalf. And you can set it up so that the therapist you're already working with or someone local to you will be taking care of you. So that's something great. And then immediately after four. the show. I think, I, let's, kick that up to, let's kick that up to eight or 12 or something. Four. It might be eight. I could be lying. I tried to do... <laughs> I'm shocked, they didn't beg to I'm shocked they didn't beg to film those sessions. I'm shocked they were <laughs> like, can we make a limited series of your therapy sessions? Um, okay, back to more fun stuff in, involving reality as we start winding down here a little bit. Um, so you're watching Vanderpump Rule. What are you, by the way, hey, you, all day. I like, listen, I'm like, uh, will you be my co-host from here on out? I'm doing a Vanderpump recap later tonight. We're doing, you know, like, but do you watch all of the Bravo reality series? Because by the way, I saw on your Twitter feed, I am so excited for Summer House Martha's Vineyard. The yes. preview for this, the trailer looks so exciting, you guys. This season of Summer House, until the last couple of episodes, have been like really emotional and kind of a dud. But then the trailer for Summer House Martha's Vineyard seems insanely fun. And it's they're comparing it with Real Housewives of Atlanta back to back on Sunday's nights. So Sunday's gonna be awesome. Are you you're looking forward to that too, I think, right? I love a black night on Bravo. It's always iconic. You can't go wrong. So, and here's the funny thing. I have a lot of family and friends that like with summer at Martha's Vineyard, people I went to college with, people I grew up with. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of like, um, I feel like Kevin Bacon in this situation. I'm sure I'm going to know a lot of friends <laughs> and friends in this. I actually got invited to the uh, premiere party that's happening in New York. So I'm going to see if I can make it and, and see if I can get some FaceTime with the cast, but I'm dying, dying to see how good this um, one is. Yeah, it looks so much fun. And I think, you know, this is Summer House. They always say summer should be fun, but this season has been so sad. So I need kind of that fun. I love heavy conversations if you can inject some kind of fun around it. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of Housewives shows, which ones do you uh, do you follow or, or pay attention? still watch okay well i love ultimate girls trip right now it is really it's really giving everything we needed right now but i'm mad i'm mad that anybody had to make pepsi cry and if you don't know what i'm talking about go watch this season oh you guys pepsi they have a a, a house host each season and pepsi mm -hmm. has been the best out of all of them and he, these these women i mean what they made them they made this poor man break which is it just shows you how powerful these housewives are but it also oh, shows you bottle of tequila who stole the bottle of tequila and it is this man just breaks on tv and you feel for him yet it is riveting television but it also shows you when you put these housewives into a different location they team up like like the avengers with marvel but like in a bad way <laughs> the revengers instead of the avengers <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to trademark that right now the revengers yeah, yeah, amazing 
Uh, but to, again, to answer your question, of course, I've been a fan of Atlanta for a while. Special shout out to Kenya Moore, my Miss Michigan USA sister. Uh, and also, I know a handful of the Potomac housewives because I did my undergrad in D.C. And being in the pageant space, you just know people who know people. Um, so Candace and I have been at a couple of different things together. And then Ashley, of course, has been in the same circle for a while. And I always want to give a special shout out to Beverly Hills because that is real rich people problems. Housewives is nothing without fat pockets. <laughs> and I love the Beverly Hills because they have money that lasts for millennia. And that's where you get the good stuff. And Miami. Well, I mean, so, well dude, wasn't Miami amazing? Miami, by Miami the way, Peacock, you guys. every other <sighs> Housewives franchise out the water. And here's the thing. I want it to be on Bravo so badly, but I think it flourishes on Peacock. So maybe so we need like, one day of just a marathon of Miami and then just go say, go, go to Peacock. Cause it lives. Well, it's, it a, really it's a brilliant, brilliant business move to move it all over there. Cause it gets people over on Peacock. They got all the housewives over there. Just like uh Paramount plus has all of the past seasons of survivor. They brought, I mean, you can really dig into these things. I almost want another pandemic just so I can binge again, some of these shows. Um, but in terms of like, I mean, are you allowed at this point to say who, you know, your not favorites are and favorites? So, I mean, like you seem so composed that you wouldn't really sling any mud. And I appreciate that. But is there somebody that gets your goat in the housewives? And by the way, if not, you can always just say Tom Sandoval. We can just throw it back, back to there. <laughs> who do I not like of the housewives? Uh, I, I got to think of all the franchises now. I haven't it watched changed from season to season. Yeah, I haven't watched Jersey in a while, so I can't really speak to that. I'm not going to lie. Like, Ramona was really just pissing me off a lot in New York. Like, Ramona used to be a fun time, and now it's just it's flat, it's bland, it's dry. When she pops up outside the housewives, I'm not excited. I'm not entertained. So I'm, cl I'm glad they're doing something different with New York because we, we need a whole makeover. Yeah, Fred, I think that the Roni reboot is going to be so important to really see okay. if – you know, because some of these shows are like shackled down by the stars that they've created a lot of the times. And Ramona, I think, is a great example of she gave so much great service and scenes, but there's an expiration date on some of these. And that's OK, because you honor the things that they've done in the past. But sometimes it's like, where else are we going? It's like watching a, it's watch. It's like watching Shrek again and again and again in in. Uh, before you go into the big brother house, I've seen it, but I think there's so much room. There's so many fascinating women out there. I want to need, I want to see more women's stories and like, there's going to be so many more stars out there that can be created if there's room to give, give it to them. Totally. And New York is unique in that New York is a very, um, very old money and a very new money city. So when you have this legacy, we'll say, of older women, and I think older women's stories need to be shared and told and amplified, but I think New York is such a changing, upbeat, high-octane, fast-paced city that the New York housewives that we had were just not telling a more fuller-fledged, holistic dynamic of what's what New York can offer. So I'm really excited yeah. to see the, the younger crew and what the new changes are in this era we're in. Is it okay if I go 10 more minutes, you guys? Is that okay with you, Taylor? Really? Is that is that really? okay? Okay, cool. Yeah. Is that a, okay if that's okay with you guys? Just let me know if it isn't. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so uh, back to uh, 
Well, that, actually, what you said about Roni, I just want to take a second to say, is that the reality of our lives, if we're showing a reality television show, we want to see the reality of what is going on. And sometimes that can be painful. Sometimes that can be, you know, uh, we've seen it again and again. And I think we are so sophisticated and we are headed towards such a good place if we can open our ears and eyes to not just what we're so used to. And I think that's what, you know, reality television, like you just said, it chips away. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy started off on Bravo. Like these messages get out there and people might grumble at first, but they open it up to so many new people that puts the ideas of lives that they don't know about and realize that we're all kind of one in a certain way. Um, back to Vanderpump Rules, uh, just because I'm geeking out. What did you think of last night's episode where we start finding out that Tom is now, I mean, we don't, they're not saying it on the show, but Tom is now in the affair with Ra Raquel, Rachel, Ratchet, whatever we want to call her. Ariana's <laughs> gone because her grandmother passed away. Yeah, let's not forget Tom about that and her dog passed away a couple weeks before. The dog just died. Her grandma just died. Why are, why are we still in town, Tom? Why aren't you home with your you girlfriend? You know he, he used the excuse probably of like, I got a film. One of us got a film, you know? One of us got a film. And, you know, like the shop, the shop. We just, we have a new tasting. And you just got to meet with the owner. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sandwich, the sandwich is like about to open. But okay. <laughs> Katie's putting some PB&J on. He's like, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, I'm fascinated as a man watching these men hit the same playbook again and again and again. And I find it interesting of DJ James Kennedy all of a sudden by default is becoming a hero, even though we've seen multiple seasons of him acting like insane. What is your what? opinion as a woman watching all of these men do the same dance and then kind of act like they're almost better than the man, even though they've done the same thing. You know, there's a phrase I say all the time. It's not all men, but enough men. And what's so interesting <laughs> is that when, like, when the bad man is pushed forward, the other men are like, oh, see, 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 bad, yeah. bad. That one's bad. Not me, though. Not me. And it's like, no, 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 no. How long did you enable that behavior? And haven't you done that behavior yourself in some capacity? It might not be on a 10 like Sandoval, but maybe you were at like a, a five, a six, a seven. So this little, um, I can't even call it like a dick measuring game because they all lose or all shrinking. It's like, there's nothing interesting or special or unique about a man who stands forward and looks like the best because we have the dregs in front of us. And I don't think it's about the women having to make better choices or better decisions. We hear this all the time. Well, you just need to pick better guys. You need to date better guys. I would if they didn't seem like a good guy when I met them, right? Yeah, they're flat out lying. They're flat yeah, out right, lying. Right. Like, it's, it really drives me crazy because I expect men to do better, but enough men have not done well enough that all of us have to be skeptical. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to look at every guy and be like, mm, I don't know what's going on here. Or, oh yeah, like you're just, you're an angel because you're not as bad as this. No, no. Shift the spectrum, cut it in half. I only want the good ones on this end. That's why I was so lucky in my last relationship. Like Joseph is just an angel of a human being. And that's why we're still such good friends today. But I don't never let him on Van. Don't, do, never let him on Vanderpump Rules. No, he will change. No, the show no. will change this good man. <laughs> yes. um, uh, 
Well, I mean, that that's the, the disc- discourse around this, too, which is so great because you wouldn't think 15 years ago there would be discourse around reality television the way there is now. But there yeah. really is. I mean, sometimes, though, it feels like a war between factions where it is interesting. Even in the Sandoval stuff, I'll read things like, well, Ariana wasn't sleeping with him. Like the only purpose of a woman is to sleep with her man as much as he wants. And they well, almost find reasons. There's so much like internalized misogyny here that I don't understand even as a dude, I don't understand it because I'm like, how do you support all women? But then, like, I, she was being lied to. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> make sense. It's so funny how math is supposed to work, but then you put it in the calculator and it's just like error. It's oh, so funny. Ha 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 ha. Hilarious. It's it drives me crazy how people will find ways to blame women for the bad behavior and failures of men, and we see it over and over again. And you know what? Lala pointed that out. She said it point blank period at her birthday party to Miss Rachel Raquel, whatever we want to call her. She said, you will be the one to take the blame for this action that's happening where you are a mistress. And she absolved her for that, of that. She said, I don't yeah. in this. Meanwhile, she actually is out here doing the dirty well- shit. <laughs> okay, as a pa- as a pageant, uh, as somebody that's been very su- successful in pageants, the thing yeah. that scares me about Raquel Rachel Rocky is that I can't read her eyes at all. Like she is. Oh right. There, there is a there's a deadness. Like I, you know, like right now I can I can read that. Like okay, you're here, you're present, all of this stuff. Like last night they had a whole conversation about Raquel at the beach. I forgot Raquel was there in the scene. They, uh-huh. She was right there sitting down saying nothing and they flashed to her and she didn't even look like she had a reaction. And that like, she was in with Ariana while she was cheating with Tom. I know it drives me crazy because again, I was a pageant woman who stepped into the reality TV stage. I'm not the first, I'm sure I won't be the last. Um, but what was unique about my experience in the big brother house is that I was targeted so heavily because I was a pageant girl. And one of the many reasons, but I think so much of the conception of what a pageant girl is, is not connected in the brain, superficial, dishonest, or hard to read or full of fluff and BS all the time. And I always took it upon myself to be a person that was as transparent as possible, as open as possible, because that's what you can and should do as a public figure, as someone you know, the stereotype of what a pageant girl is, I worked so hard to fight against and represent a different way. And then I look at Rachel Raquel, Rocky, Ramona, whatever we want to call her, and I see the stereotype. It's, it's so hard because I mean, I'm gonna go there now. Like black women work so hard so often to break a stereotype or break out of um, something projected onto us. And we will push that barrier. And then here comes a white woman that just like, plucks and takes us right back to where we were. And so it's really hard to see that happening in real time because I worked so hard to push against that. And now you have Rachel and this pageant narrative and it is so hard to see her as a human being on the show because we know what she's doing. We see her so disconnected and not present. And it's scary. It's really scary. I don't want to interact with somebody that I, I don't want to have to do this to somebody and say, wake up, be here. It doesn't make sense. And it's, really infuriating because it's unfair to all the other women who are like me that try so hard not to be like that. I mean, that's, you said so many amazing things right there. I, I I do think there is something too about like popping on screen. Like you pop on a screen. Raquel, like I think she must in real life to these men, I feel like she's a mirror to whatever their fantasies potentially are about themselves. So she mirrors that, but I can't like, 
it's so funny that all of this fight is about her, yet when they cut to her, it is so like one note. There is no dynamic there as well as at, at all. But I mean, I know this is a tough thing that you just talked, uh, opened up a little bit, but in terms of you are a woman dealing with that in this society, but you're also a black woman where every day of your life, you have had to go through things that I will never experience that most people will never experience. Yet you still keep this positive, upbeat smile on your face. You still are able to uh, clearly speak your thoughts. How do you do that? What advice do you give to other black women out there? Because sometimes I don't know how you do it. Yeah. You know, life is full of choices and, uh, just by nature of who we are and where our society is, I am given a heavier bucket to carry. And I could choose to complain as I walk with that bucket, or I could choose to slowly pour it out as I'm walking and do it with a positive attitude. And that's not to say that I have to be positive all the time. Like anger is justified. Frustration is justified. But for me personally, if I live in that space, it's going to distract me from the work that I need to do to move forward and empty that bucket, that heavier bucket compared to everybody else. That is how I operate. I'm not going to shame or put anything against other black women who carry more anger or express more anger or frustration, because like I said, it is justified. But for me to do the work to move forward, I just have to be a happier person. I have to choose to be kind or let people show themselves and not put the energy into reacting and just focus on myself. Because again, I'm not going to drain my energy worrying about other people. I'm going to focus on me, my circle, and what it takes to keep moving and getting myself ahead and the rest of the people that I care about and people who are like me. Well, you've said You've said one of the best things. Yeah, God, I mean, I came into this a fan and I'm leaving an even bigger fan and that usually doesn't happen. I mean, like you've got my vote. Like, let's announce the (laughs) let's announce the candidacy right now. Taylor Hale, Hale Bailey, 24. I'm going to be the running mate. It's probably, I'm going to bring you down. Uh, No, no, no. I need need to finally give men a voice. I need one of you on my ticket. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. <laughs> um, listen, I th- thank you so much for being as open, as cool, as funny. Um, your your team said such amazing things about you, and everybody that I've talked to are they're such huge fans of yours. I hope you feel that. I hope you feel all of the love and all the support out there for you because I think, like I said earlier, the world is your flipping oyster. I'm scared you're going to start a podcast at this point. You're going to be another person putting me out of business. But you really like you are destined for such amazing things, and I I hope you get it because wow, what a you gave me so much energy to take through the throughout the day and i can't wait for people to listen to this to you're gonna make them feel the same way how do we support you at this point like i know you've got the twitter feed the instagram where do we find out the can you tease anything that's coming up at all oh you want a teaser you want a little yes inside scoop well first of all thank you for everything ryan and who knows maybe i will start a podcast i'd love to but i mean i can even start my great you get it. We're here. We're still yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but I will be launching a blog within the upcoming month. So you can find that website dropping very soon. And I'll be okay. pretty good sharing all of my like favorite little tips, tricks, beauty secrets, and maybe even occasionally, uh, what are words? Occasionally giving some pop culture takes because I love to gossip. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm really working on breaking my foot into the entertainment news space. So, you know, I got to your contract with CBS. So, you know, we got to 
we gotta work together. We gotta collaborate. <laughs> you've got to. So you've got a contract with CV. I'm trying to think. Like, oh, I mean, they should build so a show anybody, around you. Anybody on the show, anybody who's on Big Brother or any CBS. Well, I won't say any CBS reality show, but any Big Brother contestant has to have a two year um, exclusivity oh, contract with CBS, the whole network. So you know, we're all a little tied down. It's all a ball and chain. CBS, if you're listening, build a show around here. Build an entertainment news show, kind of like 48 Hours Murder Mystery, but you pick a great entertainment topic each week, like a documentary on Next. Have her host it. It'll be in journalism mixed with pop culture and bringing all the things that we so dearly love because you would be perfect to steer that ship. Uh, Taylor Hale, my goodness, thank you so much for being here. And I hope, I hope you'll consider coming back sometime because this was just fantastic. Every time you want me, Ryan, I'm here. This is awesome. Okay, this holds up in court. Okay. <laughs> now is my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, so bad it's good, we have a new sponsor, and I am so ridiculously happy about this sponsor. I've actually talked about this sponsor before on this show. It is Ship Station. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it should, because... Shannon Bedore uh, uses ShipStation. Wolfgang Puck uses ShipStation. Ryan Bailey uses ShipStation. And hopefully, after today, you will use ShipStation as well. So I'm going to explain what ShipStation is, but I have a feeling if you listen to this show, you already know what it is because of Miss Shannon Bedore. Now listen, our economy has been a challenge, right? Everybody is feeling it. No one knows what the future holds. Each month there is a new surprise. So to keep your business thriving, and I am speaking to you, small business owners, you need to find ways to save money without cutting corners. And when it comes to having a small business, every little bit helps when it comes to saving money. Now, ShipStation gives you access to discounts of up to, get this, 84% off USPS and UPS rates, and you can manage every order from one simple-to-use dashboard. So when you lower your shipping costs and make returns easy, your customers stay happy while you save money. Now, listen, I had uh, Hello Harlot on last Monday, on last Monday's episode. She talked about the Homeless Not Toothless event, and she, by the way, she just put out the Scandaval Coloring Book. We were just talking about it last week's episode, but she is a small business. This is perfect for her. If you run an Etsy store, a, you have a Shopify account, all of these things, ShipStation is perfect for. This is perfect for my Patreon we send out holiday cards. We send out merchandise. ShipStation is something that is perfect for us, and it can be perfect for you, too. I know a lot of my listeners out there do have actual small businesses, so I personally endorse this. It is so easy to set up your ShipStation account. Um, you can even go to the dashboard, and you can manage every one of your orders. It, it's so ridiculously simple. All you do is sign up for an account. And by the way, not to bury the lead, but today you will get a 60-day free trial through So Bad It's Good. But you set up an account and it's really simple. You go there. There's a, a couple of different things on the dashboard. You got your insights, your orders, your shipments, your products, your customers, your scan. And you can click on each one of these and it can take you through all of your orders, what is shipped, what has been canceled, order alerts. It is so easy to use, but it is perfect for small businesses and saving up to 84% 
That is insane. So during the holiday time last year, we sent out all of these holiday cards and we had to pay full price for all of our postage. Now, you don't, we don't have to do that anymore. I mean, there was like, you're talking about like 600 people or something like that. This is a big savings. So get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. And if that's not enough, like I said, use my promo code to try ShipStation free for two months. There's over 130,000 companies that have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. My gosh, y- y- Shannon Vador is a customer. That's all you need to know. Ryan Bailey. I mean, that's that's a close second. All your shipping handled is in a single dashboard, like I just said. It effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online. So if you sell on Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, anywhere, it integrates directly into your ShipStation account. You can manage each order from one simple dashboard. You can automate routine shipping tasks. You can print shipping labels, easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. I mean, this is a small business owners geek dream and with enterprise solutions that make warehouse optimization easy ShipStation scales when you do so worry less about the bottom line when you save money with ShipStation go to ShipStation.com and use code so bad I know guys I know this is so great so good but we're going to use the product code so bad because that's the first two words of my title. So use that today. Sign up for your free 60-day trial. That is shipstation.com. So bad. By the way, wouldn't it be great if anybody, somebody listening to this, this is like they don't have a small business, but they're like, you convinced me with that ad to start a small business because I need to save 84% off. So once again, shipstation.com, code so bad. That's also going to be on the description on the show notes. So Get a 60-day free trial, www.shipstation.com forward slash so bad. And thank you to ShipStation for sponsoring the show. I geek out about this for real. And I'll tell you just personally, you know it's a good company when they want to do an onboarding call with you where they walk you through the product and ask if you have any questions and they seem excited about it too. And that really gets me excited because I just, I really love people that are passionate about their products. And ShipStation has a lot to be passionate about because it's an amazing product. But once again, don't take my word for it. Take Miss Shannon Bedore's word for it. Anyways, all the information is in there. 60-day free trial. Try it today. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. 
So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to So Bad It's Good, Met 2023 extravaganza, because when you think fashion, you think Ryan Bailey. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, You'll notice that I am in a fashionable robe. Uh, this is inspired by ASAP Rocky's outfit last year when he showed up to the Met in my grandma's blanket with Rihanna. And I thought that was an amazing look. So I'm doing that this evening. What a night for fashion, folks. Are you as inspired as I am? Now, before we get into some of these looks, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm going to try to paint a description of these outfits and only I can do it best. Let me tell you why I am qualified to tell you about, <laughs> let me tell you why I'm qualified to mansplain to you about fashion. I primarily shop at Old Navy and I really haven't bought a lot of new pieces. I call them pieces in probably about four to five years now. I have a, I bought a couple of pieces for BravoCon from Banana Republic because I went fancy, uh, but usually it's Old Navy. Now, Old Navy is one of my favorite design houses and they've had a lot of good creative directing over the years. My favorite, of course, is uh, 2008 when Randy Gilbert was the head of Old Navy Fashions. And uh, I think about Randy every day. Shout out to Randy Gilbert. But uh, these these fashion looks, these are all inspired. The Met Gala, of course, there, there's a theme every year. And this theme, the theme this year was Carl Lagerfeld. And... Sorry, Carl Lager. I keep calling him Lager. It's Carl Lagerfeld. No, it's Carl Lagerfeld. God, I was yelled at today for saying the name wrong in today's episode, Lagerfeld. And he is truly an icon. Now, all joking aside, I, as I get older and as a, it's more explained to me and people walk me through it, I do appreciate the artistry that goes into this, all of the work all of the hours that goes into making these costumes, thinking about the look. There is so much creativity in fashion. I mean, truly, there is nothing to joke about. We are going to joke about it today, but I really do respect it. And I love to think about the story that goes into it. I like to think about all of the creative people around the artist trying to achieve some sort of vision. I can get on board with that every day all day like i love that kind of thing people trying to accomplish a goal through art design look beauty and i will say like i was looking at naomi campbell and uh i was just saying man like she herself is a work of art just what a gorgeous woman uh it, it, i used to think it was uh not gross, but I used to think it was like, oh, who cares if somebody's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But as I get older, I really appreciate that certain people are stunning. Certain people are kind of works of art themselves. And I know I'm a work of art myself in terms of my personality, but it is some people are just truly genetically blessed. 
And we see a lot of them on the red carpet at the Met. So it is fun to watch this. And I genuinely get excited in pop culture when people get excited about anything. And so many of my good friends really, truly get excited about this every year. So I am hopping on board the fashion train. And I'm going to show it through my eyes. But I want to tell you really quick about Karl Lagerfeld. He's a German designer. He unfortunately passed away in February of 2019. Now, he was the creative director of the French fashion house Chanel. We all know Chanel. I will never own Chanel um, unless I find something. Lo- I mean, unless it's like one of those things where I go to like a like a one of those garage sales where I accidentally stumble upon something and then realize I'm sitting on a thirty thousand dollar piece. Um, so, but Carl uh, Lagerfeld was with Chanel from let's see, he became their sole designer in nineteen seventy four. And uh, he remained there until the end of his life. But he also did so much work. He had his own brand, of course, but he also worked with Fendi, Chanel. And I just remember Karl Lagerfeld over the years when I was younger, because you'd always see him pop up in these pictures with all of these stars. And I remember, I mean, this is just how I, I remember he had put on a lot of weight over the years. And then I remember he got super skinny. He got super skinny. And this is way before Ozempic. So he really put in the work and he would wear these leather gloves and he would have the white, sh- the white shirt with a little like kind of stringy thing, right? <laughs> it's already, he would have that stringy thing where a necktie goes and it would be like, he just looked really intense. He looked like he would be carrying a riding crop at all times, but he's a legend. And so many people spoke so highly. So tonight, the theme was him. And a lot of people, I think, did it justice in what I hear people talk about. They think they, they think these people did him justice. So I really hope he did. So let's start off here. Uh, we got a picture of Robert Pattinson, better known as Batman. So already I'm like, yes, I love Batman. And Suki Waterhouse, his girlfriend. Uh, fun fact, Suki Waterhouse used to, where I worked at the acting school, she used to get coached at my acting school. And she was really nice. She would come in a lot. This is pre-Robert Pattinson. So let's see here. In my fashion wisdom, let me explain what she's wearing. She looks like she's wearing like this cream, kind of potentially see-through. I can see a little leg. Looks like a lot of extensive flower patterns on the dress. And Rob Pattinson looking like a G. Is that a bolo tie? No, it looks like the piece, the top piece of a bolo tie without the actual the bolo tie part without the leather straps. He's wearing a really long black coat. The hair is tussled just right. Would I have loved to have seen him in the Batman outfit? Of course, but it's not Batman's night. It's Carl Lagerfeld, and I think he did great. Okay, so moving on. Well, I mean, listen, Robert Pattinson is now with Suki Waterhouse, but he used to be with a lady named um, uh, uh, this the, the, the girl Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart from Twilight, best known for Twilight. But here she is. Let me explain to her. She looks like a really cool waiter. She's got like this white, like uh, like a white tuxedo jacket with like black lapels, uh, like a three pronged black tie. It's got black pants. It looks like a is that a Chanel belt? White little penny loafers there. Her hair's all tussled like a young Elvis. I mean, I'm telling you, I know. Um, I believe Kristen Stewart has a girlfriend now. But I'm telling you, this Kristen Stewart, I bet she like I bet she can get any girl she wants. She looks like she looks very cool here. What I'm looking at, I like. She also looks like uh, she'd be willing to fight me at any point. This is, by the way, 
This is uh, Renesmee's mom from Twilight. This is actually her. You can really tell she looks a little like Renesmee here. Okay, moving on. We got Penelope Cruz. Penelope looks beautiful. Is this kind of a blue thing? <laughs> is this kind of a blue thing? She's, I don't know. She looks like Little Bo Peep, but it's like a light blue here. I mean, she looks stunning. How like her smile is the biggest piece of jewelry she's wearing. She looks gorgeous, but it reminds me of Little Bo Peep. The uh, it looks like a very thin material. <laughs> it looks like a very thin material. The skirt's all poofy. It feels like there's like it looks like there's like like a big crepe, like thirty like you know crepes have like thirty layers. But it looks stunning. Good for you, Penelope. Okay, now this is Salma Hayek. Do you know Salma Hayek used to date Edward Norton, the actor from Fight Club? They were in a multi-year relationship, and now she's with, like, a billionaire dude. Anyway, she looks stunning in this red, dramatic outfit. It's, like, flowing onto the floor. There's, like, a train element to this. The uh, off the Off the cut, it looks like these kind of white... What are these like white little pearls like hanging off the shoulders? And they look the bodice of it almost looks like vinyl a little bit. Gorgeous. Salma, yes. I always, by the way, when I was watching E earlier there, I was like, yes, girl, yes. So I'm just going to do that too because I, that makes me think I'm more into fashion. Okay, now we're getting into Ryan Bailey territory. You guys know I'm in love with Dua Lipa. Uh, I was very upset when I heard the rumor that she was dating Jack Harlow at the end of 20. 20- 2022, which turned out just to be fake for PR, probably for Jack. But she looked, I mean, listen, she's just beautiful. She's beautiful. She looks like she's wearing also the necklace that that old bag from Titanic threw, like the heart of the ocean that she threw back into the ocean. And Bill Paxton looked like, I was like, how dare you go out to that ocean, Kate Winslet, when you're older and throw that ocean? Could have fed all of these like starving nations. And she's like, uh, never let go, Jack. And it's like, you let go in the actual time he didn't need to let you go in the movie, and you killed him. You flat out killed him. Well, anyways, it looks like she's wearing the heart of the that heart of the ocean necklace. It's like a big white dress. It has like a lot of black outlining on it. I think she looks hot, hot as can be, man. I hate to be a pervy guy, but I think she looks hot. So there you go. Okay, Taika Waititi. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. He is the amazing director. He directed Thor and Jojo Rabbit. He is also now engaged to Rita Ora. Uh, Congrats to Rita. But he is, this is really interesting. He's like wearing like this gray full length. There's like a, a satiny look to it. There's also pearls dangling you can a lot of necklace wear. He's shaved his head, his gray and white hair kind of poking out, kind of a five o'clock shadow. And it, there's like a pants, a white pants element underneath, but it also is giving a little bit of a skirt vibe to it. He really pulls this off. Most people I don't think could pull this off, but he's got the swagger. He's got the attitude. It's really, it's, I'm taking note next time I do an Old Navy binge, this is how I want to wear it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I might start going into the, the ladies department at Old Navy and try to piece things like this together because to me this looks cool and it also looks like it breathes it looks like there's a lot of material flowing up from it to his leg area because you don't have swamp ass or anything like that um i love this so taika congratulations phoebe bridgers i love phoebe bridgers so much her uh, man her albums mean so much to me like there's no stranger in the alps is one of the best albums like best first albums of any artist out there but i see phoebe bridgers in this type of outfit a lot there's a little bit of um you know kind of mod kind of uh black with uh what looks like kind of white 
<laughs> I wish I had more of a language for this. Kind of like white little speckles everywhere. It looks like constellations, but in like like straight line patterns. Uh, very pale as usual. Her hair is dyed gray. Um, I don't know. I think Phoebe looks very beautiful. Of course, she uh, you know was engaged to Paul Mescal, the actor who was just nominated for an Academy Award. And is allegedly, I don't know if she still is, but was dating Bo Burnham, um, comedy icon Bo Burnham. But Bo Burnham, I don't think, was there. Which, by the way, Bo Burnham, if you see him at award shows, he'll now go into full Kanye West kind of outfits where he'll just wear masks and stuff. Very interesting. And now that I say that, I kind of would have liked to have seen Bo Burnham at the Met Gala. But Phoebe Bridgers looks beautiful. But I've seen her in this type of outfit a lot, so I think she's very comfortable in this look. Uh, okay, David Byrne, the lead singer of the Talking Heads, a, uh, an amazing solo career himself. He is dressed all in white, but he has these really cool, colorful tennis shoes on. He, uh, It's kind of this really white, colorless jacket. Uh, and he, the, the biggest accessory you can have is he is walking a bicycle. He brought a bicycle to the Met Gala. Now, this is not uncommon for the Met Gala to have props. Uh, some people carrot top it up at the Met Gala. You'll remember Frank Ocean had that scary green baby he brought to the Met Gala. Um, and I think this is amazing. I, I love, how can you not love David Byrne? What an artist. So I was very thrilled to just see him there. And of course, David Byrne is going to be walking a bicycle into the Met Gala. Also, I mean, genuinely, he does ride a bicycle everywhere. So also, he might not have been able to find a place to park his bicycle. New York is crazy that way, and you don't want to get your bicycle stolen. Who knows if this was part of the outfit or actually he just couldn't find a place to park it. Okay, now this is uh, – now we're getting into it. This is going to be interesting because we have uh, Harry Styles' ex-girlfriend. <laughs> now she's just going to be known as Harry Styles' ex-girlfriend she is the director of don't worry darling which i actually really dug it was like an extended black mirror episode olivia wilde now olivia wilde i i root for olivia wilde i do i do but she is dressed here uh man she is dressed in this white outfit where the top looks like like you know when you're like a high school football player in the 80s they always like did those little half cut shirts looked very weird. I just remember seeing that pop up in a lot of movies and as a kid, not understanding why, why dudes were dressing that way. And uh, the, the big thing about this outfit is you got that cutoff and then you got the white bottom area. Her whole midriff is showing almost up to the bottom of the boob. And what's interesting then there is like this etched pattern that connects the two pieces that goes directly up to the neck. So the pattern, you guys, is almost in the shape of a violin or a ukulele, a ukulele or a guitar or a pineapple with a long pineapple <laughs> with a longer neck than a normal pineapple would or a maxi pad. So it's a fun fact for a lot of the ladies. They'll use a sanitary napkin and it kind of looks like potentially a little bit of a sanitary napkin. Harry Styles is not with her uh, for all of you guys rooting for them. I believe he's potentially on tour overseas, so he couldn't make it. And she's also wearing these kind of Wonder Woman cuffs that are not connected. And unfortunately, there was another person that was wearing this exact same dress, but in black. Um, it is the Vogue China editor-in-chief, Margaret Zhang. 
uh, wore a very similar outfit, but she wore it with like jet blue hair and wore this in black. And I mean, they're both really pretty. I don't think this outfit works on Olivia Wilde, but what do I know? You know, like she's obviously beautiful regardless of what she wears, but I would find it very embarrassing how this could possibly happen where if you're going to the Met Gala, I would imagine the number one job is to make sure nobody is wearing the fucking outfit that you decide to show up in. I will tell you, just I hate to keep name dropping Old Navy. By the way, anybody working for Old Navy want to give me some sort of sponsorship? I've shouted you guys out so damn much in the last three years because I believe in your product. But I went to Coachella last year and uh, I had not been out to a store in a long time and I uh, you know, I'm also looking for affordability in my fashion, like a lot of the people at the Met Gala. And I picked out this button shirt that was kind of like hip and fun, which is never good because, you know, it's probably not going to be hip and fun. And then I went to Coachella. And of course, the first day I saw like five dudes in the exact same button up old Navy shirt. And there's nothing that really takes you out of a moment when you're spotting more than one person in the exact same button up old Navy shirt. Cause then you're just like, fuck, I just had to keep running away from that. Per like each time I saw a new person, cause you're like, you're looking around, you're going to spot the exact same pattern. It's very embarrassing. So I imagine Olivia Wilde couldn't have been happy and whoever is styling her, you guys have to have a very tough conversation in the morning. You know, Olivia Wilde is texting like, I need to talk to you pronto in the morning and she's like harry you can you did you see what happened um okay next uh emily rodzikowski listen yeah obviously emily yeah she's beautiful right she's got the boobs she's got the body she's, i you know i don't trust her as far as i can throw her i think she took olivia why i you know i know they were broken up but she went after that harry styles I don't trust this girl. I'm telling you, she is not a girl's girl. And I think she hides behind feminism when she can't just admit she's done things wrong. I'll say it. I'm sorry. I'll, I, I will completely go to bat for that. She, I think she needs to admit sometimes when she's at fault. It's all right to want to kiss Harry Styles, but don't pretend you're friends with Olivia Wilde and then go behind her back after she's confided in you that she is still in love with this dude. And then you jet off to Japan and all of a sudden we have pictures of you grabbing his ass and trying to get his hands on your ass. All that stuff. Anyways, she looks gorgeous. <laughs> she looks gorgeous in this kind of light. What is this? Like a light brown. It's all etched in. It kind of, there's like these two straps that go up her like boob area. And, and she's got bangs, you guys. She's rocking the bangs. Who knows if these are real or clip-ins. And the diamond necklaces, uh, two teardrops uh, coming off of each ear. I mean, listen, she's always been good looking. It's not like, oh, wow, I finally, it's not like Ali Sheedy's transformation in the Breakfast Club. You're not like, oh, wow, you, which by the way, Ali Sheedy in the Breakfast Club, by the way, everybody better still be watching John Hughes movies and you better be telling your kids about these movies and making them watch it. I think Ali Sheedy was more attractive when she was like the goth kind of alternative girl. And then when Emilio Estevez went and like, you know, like, had like uh what's her nuts put on makeup and stuff on her molly ringwald i thought she looked worse i was like oh yeah take away all of the specialness of ali sheedy anywho emily rudder looks great but that's what we expect from her oh dr dre what up he is wearing a really nicely fitted black uh black suit but then he's got this a uh, like a very neon blue shirt with a uh, bl blue tie but what is interesting there's like a black lattice pattern uh, at a couple different places in the opening of the suit. He looks 
He looks great, man. I, I Dr. Dre, hats off. He is just coming off of a big divorce settlement a year ago. So I'm hoping he got this at a budget. Um, Sydney Sweeney, she is the actress on a lot of people's tongues right now. She is not wearing Glenn Powell. Instead, she is also wearing kind of this uh, rose-colored uh, dress. Uh, the draping goes onto the floor. There looks like a black bow that goes from the knee down in an area, and it has like little sparklies everywhere. Uh, what are these, like butterflies, a flower pattern? Who knows? Um, she's got a lot of cleavage showing, beautiful hair. Um, I, you know, I'm telling you guys this. I don't know if these are considered wins or not. She looks pretty. Uh, the only thing I've really had a strong reaction to that I didn't think worked so far is the Olivia Wilde thing. And I thought Kristen Stewart scared me a little bit. Um, Rami Malik. Now, Rami Malik, he looks like he's just wearing black pants, black shirt. He also looks like some sort of waiter that actually is like, or some kind of attendant that it was like mistakenly got on the red carpet. But it's a nicely fitted shirt, it looks like. There's like a maybe a vest. Very, it's it's almost so underplayed that you're like is this this is possibly brilliant this might be really really good congrats rami then we go to ice spice ice spice is having a moment right now she is on everybody's tongues she had a huge meeting with kim kardashian and northwest for a tiktok video a little bit ago and now she is a model for skims and really just kind of kind of popping up everywhere so she was at the met gala she has this very diamond encrusted um camera that she's carrying and her hair is not in the curled up little orphan annie look that she usually has but it's straightened going down her back obviously there's extensions involved and she's wearing this really beautiful white form fitting dress once again the draping the you know is all on the floor man that met they gotta clean that floor you just like getting like trains dirty all the time but there's like this kind of etching i think it's like a there's like a gold etching that goes up and down the arm and along the side of the hip. She looks really cool, actually. <laughs> Irina Shake. This is Bradley Cooper's ex that uh, they have a, a child together. Dated Kanye for a moment. Has dated uh, Irina. Uh, she's had a very interesting dating history. You should look up her dating history sometime. Uh, moving on, Bradley Cooper. I just want to take another look at you. I wish he had gone to the Met Gala as his character from A Star Is Born. I'll say it again. I just love that character so much. He that he did such amazing beard work in that movie. I truly wish he would do more movies as that character, even though, spoiler alert, that character unalived himself uh, towards the end of the movie. But anyways, very standard. You know, you're reminded that Bradley Cooper is a good-looking guy. He's rocking aviator shades. Uh, I'm imagining, I wish, the only thing that I wish I had right now is somebody to tell me, is this Chanel? Is this is this Carl Lagerfeld? I'm trying to find the. I can I can understand certain elements of Carl Lagerfeld's work, but you know, oh, then Lizzo. By the way, Lizzo, her hair's all up in this right kind of cool bouffant. Not that's I don't think that's a bouffant, but she looks cool. She looks beautiful. She has like a big black dress on. There's like white pearls. I saw a lot of pearls tonight. Uh, Corey Kiefer from Summer House has definitely made a fashion impact across the board, but this is decked out in pearls. Because we also saw Kim Kardashian decked out in pearls, but Lizzo looks awesome. Um, okay, now Janelle Monet. You talk about fashion being drama, fashion being art, and this is it right here. She is wearing this really cool 
like see-through like hoop, but like the hoop has a very big structure that goes down almost to the floor. She's wearing these insanely high-heeled boots, like patent leather, white and black. And there's this like the whole big hoop, but then there's like this giant coat, like a giant jacket, like a tuxedo jacket, but it's like one side is white with black outline. One side is black with white outline. And it goes over the hoop and it just fans out. And it is stunning. And the face she's making in this photo is like, zoiks? And then you take off the jacket and she's almost nude underneath you guys. You can see her black like underpanties and her black bra. And you just, it's like just the see-through big hoop. And it is stunning. This is like, a, there's a story here. It really sets your imagination on fire. But to me, this is worth the price of admission. I was so excited to see this. I love what, I love whoever did this. This is, it makes me want to know the behind the scenes of how this came to be because i'm very curious about like how all of these people that that are wearing these outfits they obviously have to hire people they probably get presented looks i want to know the collaboration between the person wearing it and the person dressing them i want to know how all of that works now little nas x is dressed up like one of my nightmares it looks like he is uh i can't tell uh, he's in like white boots. He's all painted white. I think this is like all paint, right? And then he's got like this white uh, underpants and you can kind of see a little bit of an outline of a dong here. Uh, by the way, in the underpants area for all the women that don't know, that's where you keep your dongs. And then it looks like he's got little like little dots all over his body. But then he's got this kind of white Game of Thrones White Walker mask that like kind of I think it's like, this is all diamonds or something. He's painted his lips white. I mean, this is very dramatic, stunning. It really grabs your attention. I don't think this is ready to wear at all. I don't think, I, I've never actually even seen this. Uh, you know, I was just at a Walmart in Arizona last month and there was nothing like that there at all. But congratulations to Little Nas X. I saw a clip of him going in for an interview and he just meowed. So amazing. Also a lot of tributes to Carl Lagerfeld's cat. He loved his cat with uh, a great, you know, really, really loved his cat, as a lot of people do. But a lot of people did homages to Carl's cat as well. I'm not even joking. And then we have Emily Blunt, John Krasinski's wife, and just an amazing actor. Uh, she's just wearing like this like long black skirt. There's like a white, I don't know. This is like, it's like whatever. But when you go from little Nas X with his like dong and then Emily Blunt, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, Emily Blunt, you look good. Uh, and then we got Margot Robbie, star of the summer blockbuster that hasn't come out yet, Barbie. And she's in a very simple black outfit, a very small train. There's like a uh, kind of a, <laughs> there's like this piece that kind of goes over one of her shoulders, like a little mini cape. You can see a little skin connecting the, the bra part little to the i don't know how the fuck you say these things anyways she looks great she's margot robbie what are you gonna do i would love i would have loved to have seen margot robbie go farther i'm gonna say it but it looks stunning elegant uh very much a throwback to, uh you know hollywood of yesteryear but you know stunning then this is we got jared leto now i don't want to admit this but jared leto kind of seems to be the male king of the met gala year after year He's done a lot of my favorite looks in terms of like even the one where he went, where he had his own head cut off and he carried his head, uh, a prosthetic head that they made of him. And he was in this kind of like red 
very red drapey outfit with all this accoutrement everywhere. He looked like a little bit like Michael Jackson probably would have worn, you know, and he's done so many last year. He came with somebody that looked like his twin. He does a lot of dramatic over the top, even my personal feelings about Jared Leto aside, he really does know the assignment and he went dressed as Carl Lagerfeld's cat. So he went in a gigantic cat outfit, but it's not like a cat outfit you get at Party City. Like, this is a very well-designed cat outfit, and it shows the cat's blue eyes. He has the cat hat. He took it off because he was like, hey, it's me, Jared Leto. And everybody's like, we know, weirdo. And Jared Leto takes the hat off, and he has he's painted his eyes that blue all around the eyes. So hats off to Jared. Um, and then we got Doja Cat. And just to remind you, if people didn't know it was Doja Cat, she was like, let me help you out. And she wore a prosthetic piece to make her look more like a cat. So it looked like a cross between a cat and somebody that was like an extra on a Star Trek movie, but a very cat nose. You've got this beautiful kind of white dress that also looks kind of diamond-like. And it has this uh, like a thing that you pull over your head and it has like little cat ears. And this is very Doja Cat. Doja's a freak, dude. Doja's a freak. So you expect nothing less from Doja Cat and I think she delivered as well. And the dress itself is stunning. The fit is perfectly on her body. She's showing so much arm. You can tell this is uncovered in the back. And it is very, I, I would love to hear her do interviews about her look tonight. Then, of course, Giselle Boonchin, uh, you know, celebrating not being with uh, uh, the loser of the Super Bowl last year, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, she looks very happy, but she's all in white. Kind of looks looks a little bit like uh, something that uh, Liberace would have worn. Uh, it almost looks like angel wings in a second. Uh, Giselle, it just uh, Giselle Bunchen. I don't know. I was talking. I don't sometimes. I, I want to get. I want to be moved when I see somebody, especially in this setting. I mean, you know. By the way, I don't want to just be moved when I go to the grocery store. Like I, I'm just moved by all the people here at this grocery store. When you're seeing people dressing to the heights of these people, I think you you're looking for some sort of reaction. I sometimes fear that we see these people so much throughout the course of our lifetime, like the Kardashians, that I fail to have a reaction sometimes anymore because I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. It's like Emily Rodajkowski. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's really beautiful, good body, sure. Uh, Giselle Boonchin, there's a little bit of that there for me. Uh, you know, I hope she had a good night. I hope she had fun. And then Ben Platt. Ben Platt looks like uh, a matador slash uh, waiter at a cheesecake factory. Uh, ben Platt, of course, played the 40-year-old man from Dear Evan Hansen. And, you know, like there's a matador. He's It looks like he's wearing this kind of two, two-pronged little silver belt thing. Um, he looks just... It's cool, I guess. It's like the lapels are outlined with black. It's all white everywhere else. The jacket comes down to like his belly button. Uh, it's a look that he's a. Hey, that's it. He tried. He really tried. Good for you, Ben Platt. Then of course Jessica Chastain. What an amazing actor! I didn't even realize this was Jessica Chastain at first because either she is wearing a great wig or she has dyed her hair jet blonde. She said she did this for Carl, and she's wearing this beautiful form-fitting black dress that actually poofs out into this train, uh, this uh, the skirt area. I don't even know what the fuck you call it. The train, the fucking thing, the fucking train thing. I know I'm saying it wrong, but it's like it goes down on the floor and it looks like it's all like poofy black. But then there's like some sheer black where you can see that connects the two poofy parts. And she's wearing this like cool necklace that looks like a bottle opener that like kind of juts down like uh, the bottom of her breast area, showing a lot of shoulder and cleavage. 
She looks stunning. I think Jessica Chastain is gorgeous here. And then we have Alex. I'm talking about that. I don't know how to say his name. He's the uh, one of the founders of Reddit. Uh, on a and um, what way I'm trying, I've got. To, I knew I was gonna. Maritza tried to tell. By the way, Maritza's in this room uh, listening to me do this, and I told her to. Uh, she was trying. She knows how to say this guy's name um, perfectly. Anyways. She's married to the icon Serena Williams, and Serena is wearing like this cool black number, but then at the knee area, it poops out into this white kind of like white skirt thing. And she also is wearing pearls everywhere. What the hell? Pearls is having a moment. And I guess that's a Carl Lagerfeld thing. So, Carl, way, way to go. People are bringing up pearls like it's nobody's business. Um, this is, uh, Maritza told me who this is. Oh, Valletta. It's Amber Valletta, Rob Valletta's sister. Rob Valletta, of course, uh, most known for dating Sheena and hanging a TV on his wall in under seven minutes. Uh, but he also has a sister, Amber, who was a, a supermodel. And she's here. She's kind of wearing this clam dress. The top part's clam covering the boobs. And then, I don't know. It's, it's fine. Amber's gorgeous. And then Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish looks like she is in like some kind of like a, a practical magic reboot. Um, or like some something with witches. It's um looks like a lot of black, like a lot of black mesh everywhere. You know, it's got heavy eyeliner and you know, it's it looks like uh like Wednesday Adams, you know, five years older potentially. But I, I it's 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 very what we've come to expect from Billie Eilish. Um so yeah, if you like Billie Eilish, I think you'll love this dress. And then we've got Jeremy Strong and his wife. Jeremy Strong, have you noticed how much he loves the color brown? Well, he is wearing this brown, it kind of almost seems like a satiny material that goes down past his knee and a kind of uh, tuxedo, like an old-timey tuxedo shirt, but the shirt is green. It has the ruffles. And then the it's like one of those, it's not a tie. It looks like a green atom, like A-T-O-M. And then it, I think these are black pants and black shoes. Uh, he, you know, he looks he looks all cool and artsy. Like, uh, man, if I was in high school theater, I would be dying. I'd be like, that's the look. That's the look. Then we have little Nas X. He is, uh, what is this, wool? He looks like he's all in wool, like a button-up blue wool number. He also looks like he has an atom. Like, he has like a, a white atom pin. Maybe this atom isn't an atom. Maybe this is something directly involved with Karl Lagerfeld. And then he has like this... Uh, he has like a burgundy button-up satin shirt underneath it. And then he's just got a mop of curls. He's wearing the mop of curls like it's nobody else's business, you guys. Uh, Jack Harlow. Did, was I calling him Little Nas X? I think I, I, I think I might have. It's Jack Harlow. Anyways, then we go to uh, Tommy Bahama and his wife. No, it's Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger, the designer himself. Now, Maritza included this image just so I could talk about the very special relationship he has with um, Chris Jenner. And Chris Jenner's boy toy, Corey Gamble. You always see these guys yachting on the south of France or in Italy. Corey Gamble always like with a shit-eating grin on his face because he knows he won the lottery. And uh, you know, they're uh, they're a fashion couple. His wife kind of has this cool, I don't know, it's a you know, she looks very tall, uh, blonde, but she has like some stunning eye makeup that looks like there's potential jewels in there as well. 
uh, and a long navy blue skirt that also drapes onto the floor. Uh, but looks like a very handsome couple. That's what my mom would always say. Very handsome couple. Uh, then we got Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway looks like she is in this kind of white, ruffly dress that is kind of attached, like almost like goes to her hip up to her shoulder, like or in the, between her boobs. That's how you attach the dress. I don't know. It looks very stunning, very dramatic. The hair uh, looks a little bit of kind of 70s to me. Um, she looks great. I, uh, not, you know, but listen, like we've seen so many outfits at this point. Come on. And then you got Christina Ricci from Yellow Jackets, and she is just in a very uh, elegant, simple, shimmery silver number. Uh, the, she also is very dramatic bang work, two very long necklaces, looks really pretty. And then Jenna Ortega, of course, hot off the heels of the hit, hit Netflix show Wednesday. Um, she also kind of looks like a little bit of a matador element in her dress, also a very drapey. Uh, I did say, uh, I, I am told I did say Little Nas X when it was Jack Harlow. Sorry, you guys. She's wearing these kind of clog boots, like patent leather, white and black. But it makes, it looks like these, like the, the, the it, it looks like it gives her like an extra foot of height or something. The tie is kind of one of those, uh, it's like a bow tie with, <laughs> I don't know, you guys, look it up. It's Jenna Ortega. She looks great. And then here she is, the lady that dug up Marilyn Monroe's grave to fit into her dress last year. We've got Kimeth Kardashianeth making her return to the Met Gala. This was her 10th anniversary at the Met Gala. There was a lot of rumors that were put out that Anna Wintour, who is the head of the Met Gala Foundation, was not having any Kardashians this year. And that proved to be false because we had three of them. We had Kylie Kendall and we had Rob. No, I'm joking. We had Kim. Um, but Kim here, listen, after that Maryland thing, I, I kind of said on Monday's episode, wouldn't it be cool if she gained a bunch of weight and showed us that she can look good at any body size? She didn't do that, but I don't necessarily know what this look is. The obvious thing people keep trying to point out is that Kim's Playboy shoot, when Chris Jenner was going, you're doing amazing, sweetie, as she had a bunch of pearls uh, on her nude boobs, buttocks, and uh, pelvic area um, and she is wearing just she is draped in pearls everywhere and she also looks like she's wearing her own skims which I'm sure she is and this is what we call brand integration kids but the skims it, it's kind of giving her a little bit of a poof in the stomach area and I'm like relatable queen right high five but it does look a little odd and I will say when she stands with her sisters, especially Kendall, it really highlights how short Kim Kardashian is. And height has always been one of the key things in being a runway model, a supermodel. And Kim, as gorgeous as she is, doesn't have that, even though I'm sure she will find a way to invent some sort of robotic feature that can get her height at some point. But I don't know. To me, this was not uh, – this was almost like, okay – I mean, especially after so much thought went into last year, I guess, what else can you do? But it did start creating a narrative in my head where I was like, have the Kardashians lost their power in any sort of way? Are they on the downward slope? Of course, you can never count out the Kardashians. But it did kind of, I was like, oh, okay. You know, there was such drama with the Marilyn Monroe thing. 
There was so much of a story. You also had Pete Davidson, who we met. She made get one of the worst spray tans I've ever seen next to her. There was so much around this, and this is this. This is this, and it is what it is. Um, you know, the hair done by Chris Appleton is very pretty. She's wearing a very big uh, necklace on top of the pearls. Um, it's it's okay. I felt nothing, and then Kindle. I mean, the jolly green giant, my God, how tall are you? She's wearing these boots that make her taller. I mean, just the longest legs. Now, she is wearing kind of like a bodysuit where the legs are completely showing. And, man, this highlights how stunning her legs are. I am not the biggest Kendall Jenner fan in the world, but I really, you really, when you say certain kind of bodies, there's a work of art element, even though she might have potentially paid to get some of that. It's really stunning. She has this interesting cape on, too. It looks like it's in two parts, but it drapes beautifully. The backside is kind of a white cream color, and the 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 front of it is this black uh, kind of sparkly material, as well as the bodysuit that also then has two white um collars that comes down her hair is uh in a very long bow um very long ponytail down the back and it really does stick out i mean i I really do think this look sticks out to me um and also if you compare it with the next slide bad bunny bad bunny he is all in white there's a lot of rose um rose kind of flower work that he's carrying this kind of cape at his uh hand level that is draping on the floor it's like a white suit all in white his hair is very slick back very handsome dude he's in white uh i think those are white sneakers but it's the white train with all of the embellishment of the roses or the flowers and i see that as a recurring theme in a lot of the outfits tonight the ones that we're not even talking about so i'm guessing mr lagerfeld was a big fan of this kind of work but it's also interesting to compare this with kindle's outfit that was a lot in black and then he is in white and then you got miss kylie jenner kylie jenner like listen it, she she got out of the hotel and she it was in like this kind of not a kimono but it was like this cover-up a blue cover-up like it seemed kind of a satiny material and then she stunningly dropped it or not dropped it she carried it but it revealed this red form-fitting cut-out dress there's a cutout area right across the uh, the top of the right boob area that shows a lot of shoulder um, right above the boob up to the shoulder. And she's carrying that thing that she was wearing over the dress. I It's like a splash of color. A lot of the headlines are like, she sets fire to the, the Met Gala carpet. And I'm like, I don't think she sets fire. My problem with Kylie, though, is that Kylie is insecure about her face. Um, and I think she's admitted that, but in that, I feel like she's been told that she's only good with three poses with her face. And a lot of those make it looks like she's got a poop. She really does. Like, she'll be like, and then she'll like do the eye up, like the mysterious eye up the mysterious. It's like somebody must have told her that she has a horrible smile. Cause you're going to like, if you see her smiling, you're catching her, you know? Cause it's a lot of just like, uh, uh. Like, I'm like, are you angry? Tell, like, blink twice. Do you need help? Is Chris not helping? Like, is Chris, 
does Chris have you trapped? Like, what's going on here? Like, show some kind of facial reaction because she just doesn't. And therefore, to me, the fashion is even like it just doesn't matter because I just feel like it's robotic in some way because she's never posing from her heart. It's always like I've been told these three looks do it. And that's why we see the same thing again and again and again. And there's no marriage between her actual physical personality and the clothes that she's wearing. There's no marriage there. So to me, sometimes it's soulless. I mean, the perfect example, of course, was the homage to uh, uh, Virgil Abloh, where she wore that white baseball hat with the, uh, the, 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 the lattice work over the face, and she just looked like a loon, like did not pull that look off at all. And it's partly because she had no facial reaction. She looked dead in the eyes. She looked like uh, Rachel R- Raquel from Vanderpump Rules. Sorry. And then we have uh, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever we're calling him, looking like one of the kings from Black Wakanda, like literally looks like a superhero to me. He's wearing like very dramatic, like very like it's like a Game of Thrones slash Wakanda forever. And this is another work where you can see all of the flower work up and down this cape. It is very I mean, I'm into superheroes, so I dig this. I don't know. Like, I'm like, yeah. And also I'm looking at because I'm like a bigger guy. So I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. If I had that cape, then I could wear that, and nobody really, people would be like, is he big? Is he not? Like, I love P. Diddy. Way to go, buddy. I love this. Uh, And then Pedro Pascal, you guys, as somebody that has a knee injury right now, uh, this guy gives me hope because he's wearing basically shorts. He's wearing black shorts so you can see these slutty little knees that he has. And uh, it looks like, if you know the German uh, band Kraftwerk, uh, it looks like exactly what Kraftwerk wears on stage. It's a white, uh, sorry, a, a red overcoat, black shorts, pulled up black socks, black shoes, and then a bright red button-up shirt with a black tie. And I, I love it, man. Like this is the perfect blend of looking classy, but also still looking artistically. Um, you know, there's an there's an artistic idea here, and he's just everybody. He's really having a moment. And he's very talented on top of good looking. But I found I got I I find a lot of joy in this look. Uh, it, it also kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And I think he uh, really enjoys it as well. And you can tell that from his smile. But I'm all, all I'm all in on this Pedro look. And then Bella Ramsey, his star of The Last of Us, they are wearing this. Uh, trying to describe this. It's kind of like a, a suit jacket that kind of goes into a skirt past their knees. Uh, but also has pants underneath it, patent black leather shoes. The uh, the suit top itself throughout, it kind of has like lines of like white code, I think. Kind of looks like the Matrix, but in white. And their hair is parted down the middle. Very cool. I really like the, the, the first season of The Last of Us. So can't wait for the second season. And then you got J-Lo. J-Lo, the one that's married to sad Ben Affleck, which... Man, I wish Ben Affleck was there so bad. It was so fun to make fun of him at the Grammys, being upset slash sad. And I really was hoping for a repeat performance tonight. I, If Ben Affleck had gone, I would have just had him go topless, sans blouse, and just so he could show everybody his huge Phoenix back tattoo that he has. Um, you know that. You guys know that. But it's an iconic. In fact, I want to get that photo framed one day. But anyways, J-Lo, everybody on E! News, when it came on, everybody was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Game over. And I'm like, okay, yeah. She looks like like a very form-fitting, like, kind of, what is that, like, pink? Pink skirt, pink purse, or light pink, and then a black, like, a black element that goes up 
past her belly button and these like black gloves that go up to the elbow. And then she has like these two pieces, two black pieces covering the boobies. And then they're attached to some kind of like fuzzy uh, neck piece that she has on. And then what's really selling this outfit is the hat. It's like kind of off, off the, the chapeau of it all. It's a kind of a twisted, like a upside down black cereal bowl with a bunch of netting over it. It's very dramatic folks. So I heard this was a win. And then you've got uh, designer Mark Jacobs and he's got a little piece of arm candy. Cause he's got the, uh, the singer of stars are blind the one and only Paris Hilton, new mom, Paris Hilton. Um, she is all in black, like black leather. This is, looks like a leather jacket that drapes onto the floor. Uh, Mark Jacobs has uh, his hair slicked back to slicked down to one side, an oversized tuxedo. Like this looks like a very 1973 type tuxedo with the big old tuxedo bow tie. Um, and Paris looks very leathery, very dramatic eye work here, uh, blonde uh, ponytail. And there's like this black element that goes in the neck, but also straps that like kind of launch off of that. Uh, they look like it's very cool. I, I, I like it. And then uh, Michelle Yeoh, of course, who just won uh, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, she showed up in a beautiful white and black number. By the way, of course, Karl Lagerfeld was always known a lot of his black and whites, and that's why you see a lot of this. But it was very great to see Michelle there. And then Florence Pugh. Now, Florence Pugh, um, star of Midsummer and all of these movies, she shaved her head. She shaved her head, so she has a buzz cut right before this. But she has this stunning headpiece on that looks like it's like two feet and it's all that kind of like the flower and rose or what like black, all in black. It's very dramatic and it really your eye goes directly to there and you almost miss the dress that is stunning and white draping off of the floor and it has this kind of weird it's all white but then it's like this weird black area or these black it's like a black little tie that ties up the boob area and then the tie itself kind of splits off these two black pieces that go down the front of the white dress it really really worked for me um and then you have uh, uh Gigi Hadid right this is uh it's Gigi not Bella Gigi um <laughs> the uh the Hadid's the pride of her mom's eye. She's all in a black number. I mean, just she looks very pretty. Also wearing pearls. Uh, you know, like yeah, she's good looking. I, it's, you know, I know she's known a lot for her Met looks. I was just watching a thing where her and Zayn, uh, when they were together, went to a Met uh, Met Gala together. Um, I'm just going to skip right past her though and go to right to old Cara Delevingne. I'm glad Cara Delevingne is there showcasing herself and not behind Meg the stallion blowing up her dress. Like she did at the Grammys, like uh, two Grammys ago, but she's in like a white kind of like it almost looks like a button up shirt, but it's unbuttoned down to the belly button. And then attaches in this white thing. She has like these two black looks like leg warmers in a way, but they look like satin material. The white shirt also drapes out into this cape and she has these black gloves, which Carl Lagerfeld were, was known for his black leather gloves. Uh, so like fingerless, just the glove part, uh, her hair is in kind of a, I don't know. It's like a white, very short hairdo, very dramatic eye work. I, I mean, Karen Levine really seems to mean something to a younger generation. I just try, I try to figure out why a lot of the times, just to be honest with you. Uh, and then you've got, uh, 
uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. I wish I could pronounce this, but he is one of my, <laughs> he is the little kid from the Goonies and Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple of Doom. And he just won an Oscar for everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm once again trying to look up his name so I don't butcher it. Um, hey, quite, <laughs> uh, K Juan Quan, K Juan Quan, and K Juan Quan, hey, sorry, K Juan Quan knows the assignment. Now, this guy looks almost, I mean, very similar to what Carl Lagerfeld would have worn, except he doesn't have the shock of white hair. But he is in also the fingerless leather gloves, he's wearing a form fitting suit, um, he's wearing the tie with a silver little tie uh little necklace uh connecting the jacket uh he has a flower pattern or a flower uh a silver piece of jewelry on the tie and he i I just think he looks so cool and sharp here this is the kind of outfit if i was in shape i would like to wear he also has the black ray-bans on and he just looks awesome i'm so happy he's there um he actually made the point of saying the night he won the oscar in the press room he was like this is great but i want more work people gotta hire me and i hope being at things like this really let people know that he is around he is ready to work and this guy is a cool dude (laughs) this guy this guy you take it from me mr old navy this guy's a cool dude (laughs) i like him a lot and then you got old uh pete davidson Pete Davidson looking very thrilled that he didn't have to put on a fake tan this year. And I got to say, this is another outfit I totally love. He's got a Lisa Rinna black bucket hat on. He's got this long, dramatic black coat kind of slash cape. The pants seem very kind of fitted but loose at the same time. Very cool pointed black boots. And then the shirt area is kind of like this. It's not tie-dye in a way, but there is this like kind of blue, black, white. He's also wearing what looks like a rosary bead with a a silver cross, I believe. Or maybe that's the Adam thing I was talking about. Also with the black sunglasses, black gloves. I love this outfit. I really do. It is a major step up just from the -the run-of-the-mill tuxedo that Kim made him wear last year. Uh, It's good to see. I don't know. Listen, Pete Davidson, you can tell, really likes to be a part of this. He was at the Met Gala also the year before he was with Kim Kardashian. That's where they exchanged uh, digits for the first time. And he was in that kind of white number with the skirt. You guys remember that? But I like that he digs this. It's another aspect of his personality. And then I thought this was great. Entertainment Tonight posted this photo on Instagram. It was Kim and Usher and Pete Davidson talking. Pete looks very laughy and joking. Now, Pete, uh, Kim Kardashian, if I'm not mistaken, has gone and saw Usher in Vegas twice in the last two weeks. So there is that thought of like, is Kim and Usher, could they potentially ever date? Who knows on that? But it was nice to see Kim and Pete talking. Now, there was an argument in a text exchange between Sandra and Maritza. Uh, not an argument. There, Sandra says this picture makes it look like Kim is the one that obviously broke up with Pete. And she sees this now. But I don't. I don't think that's it at all. I think Pete is the one that said, "I, I you know what? This is getting to be too much. But I think, you know, Kim is a professional enough and also respected all of the stuff that Pete had to go through in terms of the Kanye of it all. Which, by the way, do you think Kanye watches tonight and freaks out? Do you think Kanye's like, boo, Kim, I could have styled you better. I had a big like old potato sack I would have had you wear. Do you think he even pays attention anymore? Or do you think he's just doing his thing? 
But anyways, there was a series of pictures of them laughing and stuff. Now I know Pete has a new girlfriend. Um, he's, uh, but I'm glad. I, 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 I think that's very, I'm glad to see them both smiling. Kim does not look upset. And I like that. Listen, for once, the Kardashians and all that kept this quiet to some degree. There is this element of mystery that we don't fully know what happened. But I think at a certain point, it, it really, you know, Pete's famous, but Kim's in another stratosphere. And it's got to be really scary when you get multiple death threats because you're, you're you know, your mentally misadjusted ex-husband is having, you know, it's just a very scary situation to be in, no matter how in love you are with the person, but it's really, I don't know, this, for some reason, I kind of thought that this was a nice thing. So w- I'm very excited to potentially hear more from any sources out there. You know, some waiter is going to make a TikTok tomorrow and go, listen, I was there and I, Usher was farting up a storm, you know, <laughs> then of course, uh, you know, for all you Bravo fans out there, Paige DeSorbo, she was a throw to commentator on E's uh, carpet coverage and so they kept throwing to her and a couple of other influencers and Craig Conover which by the way if you look at this picture on YouTube he doesn't necessarily look like Craig Conover I told uh, the girls that I said he looks like a younger John Jansen uh, I'm John Jansen Shannon Bedore's ex-boyfriend who always uh, seems very gruff there's a John Jansen element here Craig of course is in this kind of blue patterned uh like a tux jacket with a bow tie. I'm sure he's made some pillows out of that material. And Paige is in a light blue number. Paige lives for this shit. And she wants to be a commentator. And I, I watch a little bit of it. And I'm, uh, you know, it seems like she's being, she's very successful. And you know, Craig probably eats this shit up about being able to go to the Met. Like he probably loves this. So congratulations to them. And that is so bad. It's good. Met coverage 2023. Wow. Have you did I inspire you? Did I inspire you to, to dress a little crazier, a little kookier? I of course have mainly uh, a Vanderpump rules merchandise that I wear most of the days now. Um, but like that's it. I hope you guys let it let me know in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube what you guys liked. I'm sure there's gonna be stories about the actual what happened afterwards at the parties, and I'll talk to you guys about that on the podcast probably on Wednesday. Uh, I think this is Monday night right now, but that is it. This is Ryan Bailey signing off. Carl Lagerfeld, wherever you are, you you done good, kid. I'm going to go out and get some fingerless leather leather gloves. Betches.